0: Welcome to Plant Stories, the modern, the old, and the crazy in between.
1: Myth or fact? Monkshood, known by many names around the world, is a well-known poisonous plant. That one's actually kind of a myth. Monkshood refers to a family of plants, uh, with, I believe about... 250 different species. And that brings us into today's episode, Monkshood.
0: Yeah, so... Econit... excuse me, uh, or Monkshood, is actually a genus of about 250 species of plants, and they are part of the larger uh, buttercup family. Hmm. So... Um, I think a lot of people think of it as one plant, but there are also a lot of varieties of this one plant. Um, other names for it include Wolfsbane, Blue Rocket, Friar's Cap, Wifesbane. Um, and kind of the few different types that are the most well-known and that we'll probably focus on today are Acontium carmichaelii which is the variety used in Chinese medicine. Uh, Aconium lycotonium, which is the variety mentioned in European folklore. It grows in uh, Europe and Northern Asia. It's probably the most popular uh, one that you hear about. Um, Iconium pilicatum, which is... The garden monkshood, so it's kind of been cultivated to, uh, you know, be an ornate garden plant, um, also native to Europe, and the Contium napellus, which is probably, I would say, the most well-known as far as the toxic plant goes.
1: But all of these are um. poisonous?
0: Yeah, so they're all poisonous. All types of them are poisonous. Um, Some of them, I think, probably a little bit more than others, but all still very toxic. Um, Very little of it is needed. The entire plant is toxic from head to toe, tiny root to giant leaf. Um, Most of them are native to the northern hemisphere. They enjoy rich, moist soil. They like streams or like open woods. Um, they are very often cultivated for their beautiful hooded flowers, which come in shades of blue, ranging from like icy blue to this deep indigo. I know that as a florist, I personally have used some in floral arrangements. Um Did you have to wear gloves? Was it safe? I'm sorry, what did you say?
1: Did you have to wear gloves? Was it safe for you to be, like, touching and working with?
0: Um, it is. uh, I personally never had an issue with touching it. But I do know some people who did in especially in like more enclosed spaces where they were uh kind of like breathing in any debris or using their bare hands to scrape leaves and stuff off i personally did not tend to uh use my bare hands anyway to like get off excess foliage or anything like that so i never experienced anything like that but i do know some people who did um it's very similar plant as far as looks go to larkspur although larkspur doesn't have hollow stems and monkshood does uh, it has a very long blooming period, too, so it's very popular for that reason as well. It can be cultivated for a long period of time. In a garden, it stays flowering from about late summer to the first frost, so, uh, you know, That's that can nice. be a good couple months for in many places. And it does like cooler temperatures, too, so, you know, it's a popular plant on kind of the... more, or uh, less temperate zones than we've talked about before, I would say.
1: Yeah. More northern.
0: And it is also kind of similar to when we talked about uh, water hemlock and poison hemlock, one of the most uh, poisonous plants in existence. It is up there for sure.
1: Like, how much? How much would... I guess, cause something serious or death.
0: Um, so as little as two milligrams ingested uh, can result in death directly. Uh, it is also known, especially in gardens and things like that, where you may be handling a large volume of them um, to cause respiratory distress and possibly even you know, more severe forms of poisoning. Um, And all, like I said, all parts of the plants are poisonous, most especially the roots. And so, there's no way to avoid it if you plan plan on picking it up unprotected. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And it does have the potential to be absorbed through the skin. But oddly enough, despite all of this poison that we know of, it is one of the first plants that was grown as an ornamental, uh, kind of beginning in medieval times, both because it does have these kind of uh, medical properties that we know of, and also because it was pretty. People liked the blue flowers.
1: So where does our first like account of
0: humans using this plant come in? Uh, it's definitely mentioned again, you know, by the Greeks um, in the text that we spoke about earlier, like the *De Materia Medica*, which we had mentioned before, was written by Dioscorides. Uh, it describes the type. Lycotinum, as the poison uh, most often to kill wolves and other large beasts. uh, Usually by either uh, making poison tip arrows, or by putting the poison on some type type of raw meat, and leaving it out for these beasts to ingest. Uh, The other one that is mentioned is Napellus, which was used kind of for the same purpose, but Napellus's root word is actually uh, the word napel, which was turnip. And they said that because its roots looked a little bit more turnip like. But, you know, as we mentioned before, these are just two plants that look very similar in the same family. So that was their only real main difference. And they were both incredibly poisonous and both able to be used for that purpose.
1: So do you know if it's, like, do they take the plant and, like, chop it up and, like, boil it? Like, what do you do with
0: it? Do you know? So boiling it actually is one of the things that reduces its toxicity. Mm. Uh, Often it's it's ground or just, like, mixed in with other things. As far as a poison, you're just mixing it with a liquid base of some kind. When we talk about kind of um, some of its uses that we've had for it throughout time, uh, when it's used as a poison, it's often mixed in like wine or something like that. Just like I would say, probably either an extract, so something that you uh, soaked in alcohol to extract from the plant or ground up parts of the plant. I mean, the plant is also made of water, so it has kind of those like juices in it that you can extract as well. Mm -hmm. That's true. And it's been used in, you know, like the Nazi scientists used it for poison bullets. In the Greek mythology, there uh, is this kind of story that it was discovered by Hecate, and then Her daughter, Medea, later attempts to poison and kill people with it. Um, And it's also associated with Cerberus. So supposedly when Hercules drags Cerberus out from hell, uh, he spits up this Aconite. And it's later found by these other Greek figures who then use it. And the theory is that this is because some of the symptoms uh, in humans can uh, kind of directly relate to rabies. So there's like frothing at the mouth, impaired vision, vertigo. And so it may have even seemed like this poisoning was somehow related to that during that time. Mm hmm.
1: It's always more interesting when there's hallucinations. They <laughs> get a lot more interesting origins.
0: Yeah, definitely. Monkshood is actually considered such a powerful tool in Chinese herbal medicine that uh, it's considered something that can even revive the dead. "Quote unquote." And for about 2,000 years, it's been referred to as the king of all herbs. Uh, So it's a very revered herbal remedy that they've been using for quite a long time. Antidotes for the poisoning are found in some of China's earliest texts.
1: Uh,
0: So it's imagined that it has been used for quite some time. Uh, Like we talked about before, there are different varieties of this plant and they do use a very specific version of the plant to make sure that they're able to use it for traditional medicine because there is kind of this idea in Chinese medicine that where something is grown has a great effect on the power that it holds. So uh, taking something from somewhere else might essentially like mess up the potency or uh, the effectiveness of the medicine itself. So the most traditional version of this plant is grown in Mianzu in the region of Shu or the Sichuan province. Um, And they use specific growing techniques and handling techniques, including, uh, Boiling and roasting. Especially because the specific poison is sensitive to heat. Or mixing it with other herbs. With the intent of limiting the toxic effects of the plant itself. So Mm -hmm. even though it is used as this medicine. It's often prepared in very small doses. Uh, There have been cases where people have taken these herbal remedies without the advice or uh, consultation with a professional and have in fact poisoned themselves and died Mm. from trying to use this as just a regular herbal remedy. Um, And it is recognized by the community as being also poisonous, something that has to be prepared with care. Um, but that aside, it's also considered a stimulant for the spleen and kidneys, and it's a popular treatment for malaise, which is just a general kind of feeling of unease or unwellness, uh, general weakness, poor circulation, cancer, and heart disease, and is occasionally used in essentially you know, smaller, maybe even like micro doses. For colds, flu, rheumatism, and congestion.
1: Wow, it really works for a wide variety.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of why they do see this plant as, you know, such an important herb. But definitely in everything I kind of discovered, it is also that reverence is kind of like the great power that comes with it like it's a great gift but it also you know has a lot packs a big punch essentially and so it has to be done the right way so uh like we talked about earlier this is the specific variety Aconium karma i think is how you would say it but Again, I'm really horrible at pronouncing these names. Sorry, everyone.
1: (laughs) I can get sounds Um, good, don't worry.
0: But it is a very, you know, it is a specific type of the plant. If you were to go out, you know, into your own backyard, for instance, and grab garden monk's hood, that would not at all be the same. (laughs) Uh, You know, if you were to receive it from a Person practice in traditional Chinese medicine it would be something that was prepared and you know hopefully given to you in a very small dose to hopefully get the effects that they're looking for to help you cure an ailment so definitely not something you want to just try on your own
1: well, speaking of curing an ailment, <laughs> I know monks best as Wolfsbane, which has a long history of being associated with uh, werewolves. I think it's lycanthropy, something like that. Uh, the disease of being, like, infected as a werewolf, and that, you know, it's had a lot of, you know, for starters, in Harry Potter. <laughs> Always has good herb references. <laughs> um, Professor Snape makes a potion for it for Professor Lupin to like help aid in his transition of the werewolf form.
0: Yeah, and it definitely uh, had it definitely has a lot of these connotations with wolves specifically. I think because it was initially used as a way to get rid of wolves as pests.
1: Uh, Mm -hmm. if you didn't want wolves killing your
0: livestock if you didn't want wolves you know traipsing around your property this was the plant that you used to get rid of them so it only makes sense to think that at some point this was probably associated culturally with wolves as a whole but even today still we tend to mention Uh, wolf's vein especially uh, you know like TV shows and you know like you said it was mentioned in Harry Potter but it's also mentioned in like the TV show Merlin because he attempts to poison Arthur with it or in Hawaii Five-0 they found a sailor who was poisoned with monkshood in one of their episodes an American horror story Myrtle uses it to temperate temporarily paralyze victims so she can remove their eyes. Yikes. <laughs> so it's something that's still on the uh, collective cultural consciousness as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the <laughs> the first
1: references I thought of was MTV's Teen Wolf. They use spin all the time. And it has to do with werewolves. And I felt like they got creative. You know, they definitely used it as more of like an inspiration kind of a wherever you need kryptonite. So like they put them, they laced bullets classic. Uh, they would put them in and one time they put it in an inhaler. Another time they put it in a weed pen. <laughs> Another time they put it in punch for a whole party of people. Uh, you know, it has a, a few different uh, effects on them, but... That was like that for me as a kid. That was one of the first references of Wolf's fame. so I was like, oh, obviously, <laughs> not realizing that it's it's connected to so so many more things, especially older than Teen Wolf.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, like I said, it is mentioned uh, in *Metamorphoses* uh, by Ovid, um, and that's probably I would say where a lot of its initial mythology reputation. comes from yeah um but it's also again mentioned by shakespeare the guy has just like a huge knowledge apparently of poisonous plants i'm really starting to think that he was secretly a murderer <laughs> and we just didn't know uh, you know shakespeare um, definitely could have been like, a witch at this
1: point yeah
0: right like he's just a straight-up witch she no idea but that's the big secret of history now guys no I'm just kidding (laughs) Uh, and it's also mentioned in John Keats poem Ode to Melancholy as a poisonous wine which could also you know relate back again to the story of uh, Medea's poisonings Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: oh I found uh... so
0: it's definitely a very interesting old plant yeah, one of the... And again, much like hemlock, definitely a poison. Like, not <laughs> yeah. what... This is not, like, a plant that was ever mistaken for, uh, you know, something good to eat. Which I think is, I do think is the main reason why um, this plant is a little less, or can might be considered a little less deadly uh, than hemlock. You know, hemlock can be mistaken for other plants in the parsley family. This plant is very much, like, brightly, I'm here. And you can identify it pretty easily from other plants. So if you knew it was a poison, you were likely to stay away from it. This plant does not typically get ingested because of a misidentification. It typically gets ingested because you specifically chose to ingest it. Um, Whether that is because you tried to use it as an herbal remedy or because you were trying to poison someone, you know, that's up to you. We also know that the name Wife's Bane actually comes from this myth that all females of any species were somehow more susceptible to the poison. So that includes, like, female wolves, female animals of any kind. There was just this, like, strange myth that somehow women were more susceptible to the poison. And there are supposed cases that men would actually, like, put it on... A woman's vulva while they slept to essentially induce death because the membranes would absorb the poisons relatively quickly and if you were touched and didn't notice or touched and didn't think it was unusual I guess uh, then you would succumb to the poison relatively easily which is horrifying to think of If you want to use this uh, as an herbal remedy, which some people I know are tempted to do, even though I don't suggest it, make sure that you consult someone who knows a lot about this. You know, I can't tell you that it is not a long-standing traditional uh, herb that has been put for use, but like I said, there have been cases, even in more recent times, of people taking it without uh, someone knowledgeable's advice or approval, and that does not mean a friend. That means like a trained professional who's been certified to administer these types of things. Um, And you can find those people. I have looked it up. Those people do exist. So I would definitely consult with someone before you just take this on your own. It is incredibly poisonous if you're going to work with it in large quantities for florals or um you know put it in your garden or something make sure that you are wearing gloves i know i am 100 percent guilty of not always wearing gloves even though i know i need them because i hate having stuff on my hands but this one uh It's important to recognize that it can cause you distress. If you start feeling distress at any point, you should walk away. And that would be my general advice for coming in contact with or dealing with this plant.
1: So what are we going to talk about in our next episode?
0: On our next episode, we're going to talk about oleander.
1: Oleander. But that sounds so nice. It does, doesn't it? It's
0: poisonous. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, it would be such a high responsibility and a hazard but this show has been making me really want to make a poisonous plant garden Yes, something really well fenced off
0: (laughs) I think that would be a terrible idea but you go for it Mm -hmm. if you want (laughs) I support you as your friend
1: I wouldn't be allowed to have any pets or small children over.
0: <laughs> yeah, honestly, poison poisonous plants are really interesting and kind of. Once we, uh, my plan is that once we, uh, talk a little bit about these poisonous plants, this season is going to be much longer. By the way. <laughs> Uh, We're also going to go a little bit into poisonous foods and also some dangerous plants. So talking about, uh, you know, potentially like drugs, so marijuana and cocaine and things like that, where those kind of plants come from. There are some plants even that you might not necessarily think of because they're not popular here. But they're extraordinarily popular in other countries and also have a lot of uh, dangerous qualities to them. And I'd also like to talk a little bit about exploding plants, because wow. those are fun. <laughs> and when I say exploding, I, I don't mean the whole plant like combust, but that's a whole interesting subject, too. Anyway, leave the mystery. So there's more. There's more than just poison, but we're starting with that because it's fun. (laughs) It is fun. Uh, Well, thank you guys for joining
1: us on our latest episode of Plant Stories Dangerous Plants. We look forward to you joining us next week as we talk about Oleander.